Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I had the pleasure of working with Mason Alexander and throughout my time there, Andrew was an outstanding teacher, mentor and inspiration to me. There's no doubt Mason Alexander is going places, but this would not be possible without Andrew, who is the vibrant driving working force behind it. Andrew is the guy who lies awake at night dreaming big and who bounces into work in the morning buzzing because he cannot wait to share his latest thoughts with the team. Thank you for making every day in work fun. Watch this space. It's about to get really interesting. That is just one of the many recommendations on my guests today's LinkedIn page. Andrew Lynch, CEO of Mason Alexander. You're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, I, I think I read that myself. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it made my life easy because there was a number of recommendations and I just go, pick this one. This one sounds good. Um, but r- rather than focus on that recommendation, let's pull it back a little bit. Yeah. You originally came up with my radar because of a LinkedIn post you put out um, it was, I think the exact title of it was 10 lessons learned in business over the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. number, a number of them stood out to me for them specifically networking, instant gratification, integrity, and stories. Starting with networking. I'm kind of curious to know why do you think, mo- what do you think most people get wrong when it comes to networking? Uh, yeah. Oh, look, thanks for picking up on the lessons learned. And I think I, I hope I caveated, you know, on the LinkedIn that it wasn't a playbook for playbook. For yes. Success. Uh, uh, cause if there is one, I, I certainly want to read it. Uh, but, uh, I look, it was just over the last eight years. I mean, look, I've, you know, anyone, any entrepreneur, anyone going through business and life, you know, there's just so many ups and downs and so many challenges, so many great things as well. Uh, but I had so many things to learn. And I just, it was really about kind of things that I'd experienced and learned and just wanted to share them. And uh, some may resonate with people, some may not. And uh, that's, I suppose that's what it's all about, isn't it? So um, the networking one, yeah, I think just, look, it's probably a little bit harder given um, the times we're in at the moment, but uh, I just, I don't know. I think I find when people start businesses in particular, or they start new jobs, it's very much about, um, you know they, they're kind of very focused on themselves and what they're doing and what they're selling and what and and like for me really and I, I it took me a couple of years to get the hang of it but like it's really about adding value and like you know making an impact on someone and once you do that then you you know then you have an opportunity to actually build a partnership to you know to do something with them you know uh you know to build trust uh and you know i think going in just thinking about yourself and what you're selling and i mean we're like like to be honest with you i actually in the last year has been horrendous like i mean i know i i post on linkedin and things but like i get so many linkedin messages and emails you know like these kind of um bots oh yeah bots yeah that's exactly what it is just you know and there's hundreds of them and it's hard and it's 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 actually frustrating because there's obviously lots of good messages that you do want to read and reply to um and so i, I think it's um you know really is about not just standing up like really actually just putting yourself into the other person's shoes and saying like can i help this person can i have value and if you can then and then take that approach and also take the approach that you might not get anything back for it um and and if you i think if you do that enough eventually some things will come back your way and uh, you know you will build a good reputation and good network with with um 
their target audience. Agreed. And I do want to move on, but one of the great ways to connect those dots is stories. And that's one of the other 10 lessons that you included in there. For anyone who wants to read Andrew's 10 lessons, I'll leave a link to his LinkedIn post below. I want to bring it right back to the start, Andrew. You obviously went to Clongo's in school and we have a number of mutual connections there, but I really want to get to know Andrew, who Andrew is, the person behind Mason Alexander. I can see from doing a, a bit of research that you started teaching yourself guitar last year. You are a Manchester United fan. You play golf and you're in chess, a chess enthusiast. So what's one thing that you're into or curious about that not a lot of people know about you? Uh, Jeez, probably a lot of things. Uh, It's one thing I'm curious about. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I like, yeah, I I picked up the guitar last year. Uh, It was right. It was actually around this time last year um when we were first in lockdown and i'd actually been meaning for years and years and years to play the guitar i used to play the piano a bit when i was in school um and but the thing with the piano is you you know you can't bring a piano around with you so uh it was pure vanity that i wanted to uh to be able to play the guitar so i could uh, take around to people's houses and be center of attention um so yeah i did that and actually it was uh i just kind of used that time when there was just all chaos going on to say right Now's the time to uh, actually pick it up. So I bought a guitar and uh, off I went. And um, a year on, I've played nearly every single day since. Um, I haven't got that much better. Uh, my singing that goes with it's even worse. Um, but actually, I really enjoy it. And uh, it's it's probably one of the only things that I can find that I can really switch off because you have to really concentrate. Like it's you know you've got two things going on. You're strumming and you're trying to play the play the chords as well. So. Um, you know, reading books and podcasts and going for runs, I, it's, I still find it hard to kind of switch my brain off, whereas guitar, I really can. So uh, try and just bang it away for half an hour, 45 minutes and uh, a day. And um, yeah, it's great. And uh, sorry, it's great for me. Anyone who's in the vicinity, yeah, it's horrendous. But um, uh, yeah, look, I, I don't mind. So um, yeah, that's probably one thing. Yeah, chess, I played a bit in school, Got kind of got into it again over the last year or two, a few pals of mine started playing online and got a couple of boards and uh, it's just, again, such a great game and probably something that you really do need to focus on. And it's, it's actually great for the mind, gets you thinking and uh, it's actually a really, uh, it's a, I actually think everyone when they're younger should learn how to play it because it's um, not that it probably helped me in school in terms of my academics, but uh, it does uh, apparently makes you smarter and, and uses a, a certain part of your brain that's good for creativity. So yeah so what you're saying to me is that at some stage in the near future when pubs open back up you'll be in the middle of it with a guitar singing <laughs> uh yeah i'm probably kicked out pretty soon after that but i'll give it a go anyway i've i've mentioned clongos i want to go back one step further as a child who were you most influenced by um god yeah probably cliche but probably my dad i'd say and he was an entrepreneur, uh, had ran his own business, catering business, and uh, used to talk to me a lot about it. And uh, I, I think that was, uh, yeah, something that always stuck with me and resonated with me. He left school when he was uh, 16, I think, and um, became a chef. I So he didn't do any sec, uh, third level. I didn't actually do any third level. I, I left uh, school 18 and went straight uh, working. And uh, yeah, I think that probably did have a big influence on me. And uh, he was, um, I think we used to nickname him Del Boy, but he always kind of had different things going on. And uh, I like that, you know, it's kind of exciting me doing uh, doing different things. And I had a whole range of uh, products that I was selling from my, in my early 20s, some 
ponchos to women's fashion shows to all sorts of weird one of things. None of them made any money, but uh, they were all good learning uh, learning curves. Nice, nice. You've I, I I for anyone watching the video, I can see there's a guitar there behind you and a TV. Let's pretend hypothetical situation that the room you're in right now or your house in fact is burning down your family's fine they're safe what one item would you take with you if you could only save one um god yeah probably have to be the guitar i'd say yeah or the phone or this book i'm reading a brilliant book at the moment bravo to zero it's been around a long time but it's on uh, anime now it's in uh, the sas uh i can't put it down it's brilliant so maybe that at the moment nice I, I do want to get into Mason Alexander and a couple of the other ventures that you're behind, but you made a quote and I want to talk to you about a little bit about it recently. It was one of your recent LinkedIn posts. You said, this country has a lot to offer and I really believe Ireland has become the Silicon Valley of Europe. You made the argument in my eyes that Ireland has more to offer than just a low corporation tax. I'm in agreement with you. What else do you think Ireland has to offer other than just a low corporation tax? Yeah, I look. I, think I just, I just put it up because uh, I was reading over, over the weekend all the, the like papers in UK, US, and in Ireland were, um, you know, sort of saying we're under threat and you know panic stations and uh, um, and and so I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not like saying that they're you know, fundamentally wrong. You know, that's their their belief. And uh, you know, there's maybe there is obviously a point to it. Like we do a very competitive corporate uh, corporation uh, tax rate. Uh, but like I can only go on my own experience. Like I speak to a lot of U.S. companies. Um, we deal with a lot of them, and um, like the taxing. I mean, it's a nice to have, but it, it's it's really not the the the, the main driver, um, uh, and certainly not in the last in the last few years. Uh, the main one is talent. Like absolutely number one reason is talent. They're coming here because they want talent. They want uh, you know diverse talent. They want multilingual talent. They want well educated talent. Um, they're coming here because of our location, you know, proximity between the U- between US and Europe. Um, you know, Europe's such a big market, especially like even in the last year, you know, so many companies have just exploded online, whether it's e-commerce or a whole range of other uh, other sectors that are, you know, that are sort of internet-based. And, um, you know, a lot of them are doing really well in Europe and, they, you know, they need to come, come to Europe and, and uh, you know, we're English speaking, very friendly business environment. Um, I've done really well in the sort of remote working uh, hub and spoke model. I think it's like 200 odd hubs, uh, working hubs around Ireland now, and um, a whole just range of other things. And 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 uh, and then you kind of boil it down to why are the next high growth tech companies coming here? Well, they're coming here because of the Googles and Facebooks and Stripes and whole host of other companies that are here that have built this great ecosystem of not just uh, talent, but insights and, um, you know, just an environment where, you know, you can do business and is that there's a platform to be successful. So, um, you know, I spoke to a company last week and um, the, the reason they're coming here is that they, they specifically work with SaaS companies, Series A, Series B um, in the US, mainly San Francisco, LA, and um, they said hello to their clients are now and on, so they want to come here. So they're setting up and they're going to be growing and scaling. So um yeah there's so many reasons and i really think taxes like obviously it's uh it's an it's it's it's, it's um it's competitive but i think if we lose them I, I personally i don't think uh i don't think we I, I still think we'd be incredibly competitive for so many other reasons 
Yeah, I agree, agreed with you. They're not a tax-free haven, you know, and that's uh, and that's really important to to know and get across. And you know, if, if it's just purely on tax, there's lots of other places to go than Ireland, you know. For sure, you you mentioned Stripe. Shout out to the to the Collison brothers. They recently announced they're hiring one thousand new hires, and they have a partnership with UL as well to kind of increase or develop young talent in Ireland. And I, it's great to see that. And there's Brian Caulfield, part of the Dogpatch Labs. And there's something that you're doing as well for, for leaders. You've got a thing called Leaders of Tech. Talk to me about this mentorship program. I see those leaders from Facebook, PayPal, Shopify. I could go on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, we, um, we have a community called Leaders of Tech. And uh, really, look, it was... Uh, you know, it came about because we just wanted to have a have a I suppose a platform for you know people that work within technology to come together, share ideas, uh, insights, um, you know, create you know a, a space for for healthy debate, um, so that you know change and, and and positive things can be adopted and ultimately have a, a positive effect on you know Irish society, the economy, all those good things and. Um, you know, it started off with doing a few events and a few workshops, and different things, and it's kind of really evolved. And the theme really this year is, is, is all underpinned by education. I mean, there's a number of initiatives, but all underpinned by education. And, um, you know, I think technology or technology talent is, is such a critical part of, of, of the, you know, the Irish economy, Irish industries, not just in technology companies, but across the board, you know, pharmaceutical, banking, so on and so forth. And um, we... Uh, yeah, we wanted to, we wanted to have a, um, we, we wanted to, you know, we, we feel like we have a responsibility to uh, educate um, and develop talent, but also, um, you know, if, if people want to get into technology, uh, they, they can do this, you know, I think there used to be a stigma that, you'd have, you know, you need to have a computer science degree and a, and a 2-1 to, to, to get into te- technology, and that's not the case anymore, thankfully, um, and you know, there's so many different routes you can go now. There's so many um, great, uh, you know, great uh, courses out there, um, government-backed courses. And uh, it doesn't matter your age, your background, your you know, your uh, your qualifications. I, mean, I think if you've got an an, ap- a, an appetite and an aptitude and a desire to get into it, then then you absolutely can do. And we, you know, we want to create awareness around that and. Um, yeah, want to, to, to support people, uh, I said, developing their careers or, or trying to get into it. So we're starting with the mentorship program um, and then we've been a few other things we're rolling out, which, uh, you know, we're really excited about and really hopefully going to be really proud of. You certainly sound like a learner and the answers to this question might be from leaders of tech. However, I'd regret it if I didn't ask it. How do you continue to, let's say, learn slash invest in yourself? Yeah, good, yeah, good question. Um, it's few things i mean i do uh yeah few, I, I like i am quite a passionate reader or an audible person now um you know podcasts uh big i probably on twitter maybe once or twice a week and follow a few interesting people and kind of articles of that a few newsletters um but probably my, like i the best way i learn is is actually just through people so um you know i'm always trying to connect with you know interesting people people from different environments different uh views different uh uh different experiences and um you know if i want to learn about something um i try and you know if, if i'm trying to learn about ai for instance uh I, you know i try and surround myself with people who specialize in that who know lots about it and um and uh you know make it a make it a make it my kind of 
purpose to go and, and, and just extract as much information as I can from them. Uh, cryptocurrency is another one, I've, not that I'm uh, you know, big into it, but uh, it's just so topical in the minute that I was like, look, I need to, I need to find out more about it. So it just kind of went, up, went around setting up Zooms, connecting with people who I knew were either, you know, researching and investing in it and uh, trying to build my, my, my knowledge gap. Now I still know very, very little about it, but um, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, if it's, if something is topical and you're interested in it, you should, uh, should um, certainly go and you, sh you should certainly explore it and, and try and, um, I said, try and uh, educate yourself on it. And for me, I do that by, by talking to people and listening to people and, um, yeah, that for me is the, the easiest way to, to easiest way to learn and, and, and absorb information. Mason Alexander, that's your baby. For those who aren't familiar with the name Mason Alexander, can you take 30 to 45 seconds to tell people what it is and what you guys do? Yeah, we, uh, so Mason Alexander is a, it's a people, uh, so it's a talent solutions uh, uh, provider. We work with a broad range of companies um, where we sort of twofold, we, you know, we support companies in terms of hiring. So, uh, you know, executive search right down to sort of one-off hires. Um, and then we do a lot around project solutions. So where companies want to scale up or they want to build new teams and, and we go in and, and support them, we design it um, and then we go and deliver deliver that. And that could be on a sort of permanent basis or on a, on a, on a project contract basis. And um, yeah, I mean, look, the last, you know, this time last year was a bit, probably a, a bit of an uncertain time for, for everybody, but um, we thankfully rebounded really quickly. And uh, there's just such a pent up demand for, for talent, the right talent. And um, I suppose what we do is we're, you know, I think we're, we're very, very strong at you know, finding that attracting that talent and, and delivering on them. Uh, and but we also work very closely with companies to, you know, tell their story. I talked about storytelling, tell their story, bring their brand to life, you know, give them a sort of help around the marketing of it, uh, their EVP and, um, ultimately um you know make sure that they're they have a compelling uh message to the market and, and then you know you know uh, quickly attract and uh um execute on the, the 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 people that they need to hire to go and you know scale and, and grow their businesses so uh probably just over 45 seconds but that's uh why do you think storytelling is so powerful and so few people do a good job at using that let's call it a technique yeah, I don't know. I, I again, it's a personal thing. Um, it's a personal thing. Like I, I was like, I probably, you know, I'm not someone that learns by numbers and stats and data huge amount. You know, I mean, I'm mean, I can take it in, but uh, I don't know. I've always just found like, you know, I can remember stories I was told when I was like five or six, and I could still, you know, rattle them off like right here and right now. Whereas I could have been told a bunch of numbers or you know, statistics this morning and I, and I literally wouldn't be able to tell you what they were. So mm. I think, I think for me anyway, stories resonate and, uh, they, um, you know, if, if they mean something to you, if they, if they excite you, if they surprise you, if they make you feel something, uh, then I don't know, there's something kind of very powerful in that. And, you know, certainly with what, what we do when we're, you know, when we're, uh, you know, working with our partners, uh, you know, we want to, to tell their story, but we also, you know, when we're, we're telling our own story or we're telling the stories of, you know, talent that they're looking to attract, um, you know, we want to we want to make that connection. And I think everything in life is about making a connection. And that's what we're all, I think, striving for on a, on a personal level. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I think, something that we, we put a lot of focus in and, 
um, yes, I think so. Hopefully, we're, we're, we're quite good at. I certainly think it's a, it's a way to, over time, bring someone's guard down by telling a third-party story if you're chatting to a, a prospect. Um, you know, in, multiple industries are built off stories. Hollywood itself, any good story has a beginning, middle, and end. And it just sort of shocks me sometimes. You only say it because you've mentioned it, that not a lot of people put effort into stories and they speak more feature benefits and stats. Anyway, I digress. Um, you know, I, I want- to me, like, I like the creative process, you know, like when we're talking to a, a, a partner, a prospective partner, um, you know, it's really trying to figure out, like, what, what are they looking to achieve? What's success? Uh, what are the challenges? And, um, you know, taking that away and really trying to figure out, okay, well, what are the solutions around this? Like, do we have the solutions? We sometimes don't. Um, and, and that's okay. But um, that sort of creative process. And I think uh, for me, if you, if you have, if, if you can, if you have the creative side and if you can um, sort of piece it all together, then, then you have an opportunity to actually build something really fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I have a few more questions for you. Not many, uh, Andrew, but one of them is instant gratification. You, you mentioned that as one of the other 10 uh, lessons learned uh, now more important than ever with social media. Can you spend a little bit of time talking about why you think uh, instant gratification deserved one of your 10 places on that list? Yeah, I, I, I think, pure, I mean, you're right from a social media angle and a personal, you know, I think we're all, you know, everyone's obsessed. A lot of people are absorbed in this, uh, you know, how many likes they get and everything. But uh, it's, um, I, it's for me more from a business perspective. Um, like as an entrepreneur, as a founder of the company, um, you've really got to be prepared for the longer road, the longer journey. And uh, I'm very, I'm a very impatient person. Um, but, you know, what's taught, something that, that I, I have been taught over the last eight years is that you know, it's not plain sailing. Not, everything doesn't go your way. There's going to be loads of setbacks. There's, you know, there's loads and loads of headwinds and challenges and, you know, things will test you to your core and um, you have to be prepared. Obviously, first, you've got to believe in what you're doing. Like, otherwise, yeah, you're just going to give up. And then, um, and you've got to be not just prepared, but like up for and committed to the, to the long haul. Because, uh, I don't think there's quick wins. And I think, um, you know, there are obviously there are exceptions to the rule. And sometimes a company will just come out of nowhere and raise a load of money or just be incredibly successful. But I don't know, I've seen probably more flash in the pans than I have longer term, you know, longer term, longer term success. And I think, and I do think success is built over time, you know, that overnight success, it, it very rarely happens. So, um, you know, I think having sort of core values, principles, and a sort of vision and mission about what you're doing and where you're going and and then you know bringing great people along in the journey uh, you know do all those things and then you know do them for a long period of time gives you i think a better chance of success definitely no guarantee but a better chance and um yeah i'm, I'm eight years in now and could hopefully still going in eight years time uh but like i'm up for that and i, I like I, I really love what i really love what i do and I'm, I, i've never been more excited about what i do and um, you know, and it's down to, I think, what we're doing and we're constantly looking to, as I said, be creative. We're constantly looking at how we can improve and add more value and make a bigger impact, which is incredibly exciting because you're like, wow, where, where could this take us? And then also I just, I'm really lucky I get to work with such amazing people every day in, in the organization uh, who just, um, you know, just work tirelessly uh, 
incredibly smart. Um, yeah, blown my mind to be honest most of the time, and uh, I just feel lucky to be part of it. How do you compete with the big tech companies? You've mentioned Stripe, uh, Shopify, Facebook, LinkedIn. How do you compete with them to find talent as good as the uh, employees you have? Um, in terms of for them or in terms yeah for, for them to find them and bring them on board to your organization. Um. Sorry, to, to find talent for Facebook, let's say, or no, no, to find talent for Mason Alexander. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Look, it's uh, again, it's it's um, it's challenging. Like I said all the time, it's uh, I actually find it we find it easier to build teams for other companies than we do for ourselves. <laughs> like genuinely, and um, it, it it's tough. But again, it just comes back to like you know who who is the right profile, who who are the types of people that fit your organization and actually i think in the last certainly in the last year it has evolved for us again like we're we're a business that is constantly evolving and changing which i think is a great thing like i i want us to be a different business in six months and 12 months than we are today and i think we're a very different business we were 12 months ago okay obviously but say even 12 months before that again and um you know i uh for us you know we are constantly trying to improve and get better and you know even just in the last month we brought out a new thing called four and four we work four days a week, Monday to Thursday, and then we do four hours on a Friday. And those four hours are completely, you do your own hours. There's no meetings. There's no set time. There's no parking in or out. There's no catch. You just work four hours. And you want to get up at 4 a.m., work till 8 a.m., off you go. You should, you know, the rest of the day to yourself. I mean, really, it's like, you know, no one's checking if they're doing four hours or not. Um, but it's really us saying to the people uh, to, to the people in the organization, so not us or me, it's, you know, people wanted this. It's they've worked really, really hard the last year, like incredibly hard. And um, you know, I, I, you know, I think they 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 deserve something back, and that is, you know, giving them the autonomy and flexibility to have a a better working week, a better work life harmony. And um, I think, especially coming into the summer, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it'll be really make a big difference to people and and their and their and their lives and. Uh, that's that's really that's the most important thing to me is that you know people that work amazing things on are happy and if they're happy you know their chances of of of, of uh being successful or their productivity it's just going to go up it, it just will and uh, you know and we see it time and time again and, uh that's what we want we want them to be productive and to be successful and ultimately to, to enjoy me enjoy what they do and be happy and um in their surroundings so yeah i for, for me it's uh so so but again that sort of four four you have to hire a type of person, you know, it's, um, you, Facebook are probably brilliant at hiring, you know, hundreds of grads coming out of college and giving them this insane structure and framework. And that's not us, you know, we wouldn't even try and compete with that. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we do, we do give people a lot more flexibility and autonomy. Um, and that might not work. I think it's people that are coming out of college, you know, university definitely need a lot of structure and, um, yeah. you know, uh, and, and absolutely they, 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 uh, you owe that to them, uh, as they're developing their career. Uh, we, we obviously give people support and structure, but, um, we probably have a bit more of a flexible policy than maybe most companies. And, and that's fine. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but you have to hire for that. Two questions left. First question is you, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you said eight years time, you don't know where you'll be. Uh, I want you to imagine it's now the end of the decade. So nine years time, and you're looking back, what would you like? your business and your life to look like if you're to look back from 2030? Look, I, geez, I, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But um, I just hope that we, um, you know, 
like within the ethos, within the DNA of the business, it's always about moving forward, you know, challenging, growing, building. Um, and, I, and, I, and, you know, I approach that every single day with real energy, enthusiasm and excitement. And, you know, I really believe if, if, I, if we keep doing that every single day, you know, in nine years time, we could be doing some really even more amazing things than we're doing at the moment. And, uh, and, and maybe on a, on a bigger scale, a global scale. And uh, I, I genuinely think there's, there's so much opportunity out there and, uh, and I really believe in what we're doing. I said where that will take us to nine years time, I don't know, but I think again, I'm just bringing it back to, if we can just do what we're doing every single day and take that approach, then yeah, see where it goes. But I think the main thing for me is that in nine years time, um, you know, that I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still having fun. I'm still excited about it. And uh, maybe have a bit of better, uh, better balance between working and, and, uh, and not working. Uh, sometimes still can get a bit blurred for me, but I'm working on it. Nice. Uh, well, let's end this where it started. I, I started on the first of the 10 lessons, networking. Why do you th- what do you think most people get wrong about it? Looking at any of your profiles online, it's easy to see that you've networked a lot. I'm going to give one example. You got a shout out from Richard Branson, who doesn't normally give endorsements, but he gave you one. Uh, you spent some time on Nectar Island. Um, can you tell me your biggest takeaway from spending time on Nectar Island. Uh, well, yes, pretty amazing place. So uh, <laughs> wouldn't mind uh, spending some more time there. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Very lucky to go out of, out of there. Met some yeah interesting people. Uh, so it's two takeaways. Uh, one, I mean, yeah, I actually I played chess with him a couple of times and uh, got to hang out with him, and uh, he's a great guy. Uh, and and actually, in fairness to him, you know, he's um, he yeah, real sort of inclusive uh, type of character and. Uh, I think he said to me, he was like, look, you, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, look, what's your kind of, your sort of, um, your philosophy or what's the one, um, what's the one piece of advice you might, you, you know, you give people and he was like, I, I genuinely think there's, there's really good in people. Um, and I think if you look hard enough, you'll find it. And uh, you really get that from him. Like he's, you know, he'd, he'd be sitting eating lunch, whatever, you come down to the side and you start asking you a load of questions, you know, and I kind of think it's, someone of that profile you probably wouldn't expect that from him but he but he really does um and the second takeaway is i'm an absolutely horrendous tennis player and uh <sighs> so uh yeah i think if i was ever if i was ever lucky enough to go back i'd have to practice this time i have a, a couple of pals of mine play professional sports and uh i said to him i was like geez i was texting when i was over there and i was like geez i'm so bad at tennis and they were like did you not practice and i was like no and they were like well that's just yeah, idiotic so um Myself to blame, but uh, yeah, sort of. I uh, if I get another chance, I'll. Uh, you can only go up, though. You can only get better. Anyways, up exactly, exactly. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for today. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks for the uh, thanks for having me on.